happening this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, soap fans, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and we have a jam-packed show for you today, and it's going to be a really great show because there's so much going on. We're going to skip over my usual opening monologue. I'm sure you're very disappointed to hear that. Hey, we're going to get right on with the show. Coming up in the second half, find out what three of your favorite soap stars have to say about being nominated for Daytime Emmys this year. One Life to Live's Robert S. Woods, Erica Slazak, and General Hospital's Laura Wright will share their reactions with us. But up first, as Days of Our Lives fans prepare to say goodbye to Lexi Carver, we have a chance to say hello to the first actress to really breathe life into the role. But Cynthia James is not simply defined by a single role. She's transcended a childhood of violence and abuse, and she's now helping others heal their own pain. Through it all, she hopes to help everyone reveal their extraordinary essence. Cynthia, welcome to Subcentral Live. Oh, thank you, Dan. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, the invitation that fans may not know who are listening is this is something that we've planned many, many, many weeks ago back in in February. So I've been looking forward to this show for quite some time. Yeah, I, me too. And I, you know, it's so interesting because I haven't talked about my soap life for quite a while. And so when my assistant said, yeah, they're interested in interviewing you about your soap life, I'm like, really? That is so cool. Well, and also it's an interesting bit of timing too, since this was sort of something that was planned many months ago. Uh, you probably weren't aware that Days of Our Lives was planning on writing out Lexi, that the character will no longer be around. I was not aware of that. Wow, it's been a long run. What does that sort of, what thoughts go through your head when you hear that the character is going to be going away? Well, you know what? I feel, you know, I I feel a little sad because, you know, there's there's not that many African-American actresses that have, you know, you know, large roles on soaps. Uh, and, you know, that character evolved. You know, when, when I took over Lexi, she was, a, she was a cop and she worked with Abe. They weren't even connected romantically. It evolved. And then Lexi's character, you know, the evolution of Lexi's character has been extraordinary. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate that, that she's going away uh, because I think she's had a lot of different colors and a lot of different elements to her character. So let's rewind a little bit when you're talking about, you know, what Lexi was up to when you joined the show. How did your sort of uh, your participation in Days of Our Lives come to pass? Well, okay, this is a bit of trivia you may not even know. (laughs) When I first went to Los Angeles as an actress, I actually had an under five part on that show um, for Nurse Sally Johnson. And... And Deidre Hall was amazing. She actually guided me on how to use, you know, the three cameras. It was really loving and wonderful. And then, you know, Sally sort of went away. And two years later, I get a call from my agent that said, they'd like you to come back as this new character, Lexi. And I was like, really? And so I got to come in and and be a cop, which was really fun because she was, you know, she had a, a, a nice personality, but she was tough and sort of no nonsense. And Gabe, uh, Abe was so wonderful because he was such a uh, an incredible actor, so anchored in his profession and his skill, and he and he became like a friend. So it was a uh, 
it was a wonderful thing. And then to watch it evolve as they, he had been asking for a love interest for quite a long time. And then to watch the two of them uh, evolve into this love interest was quite wonderful. See, the, one of the things I love about the show is, is hearing all of the, the, the backstory and getting a little nuggets of trivia. Uh, when they, when you got the call to say that, you know, they wanted you to come back, at first, did you sort of think, gee, they want me to come back as Sally again? Or did you not get a chance to have that beat and already find out that they wanted you for a new role? No, I did think that. I thought, well, Sally's coming back, but she wasn't all that significant, so why? And then I said, no, it's for Lexi. This cop, and I was like, really? And I said, she's an under five? And they go, no, she's a character. I'm like, really? This is so great. Well, you know, you're a young actress, and this is exciting stuff, you know. What do you think that folks don't necessarily understand, or what do you think is uh, society as a whole does not know about the world of soaps? You know, I think soaps are one of the greatest training grounds ever because it's really the bridge between theater and 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 film. Because here's the thing: you are really doing theater. You get there at you know six o'clock in the morning, and they block you just like in theater. And then you come back and you do a camera rehearsal, and so you're having to hit marks just like in theater. And then you know you come back and and, and you shoot it, and then they can edit. You know, just like in theater, they can edit between the time you go to lunch and the time you shoot. So it's this incredibly wonderful gift for an actor to be able to keep that um, that energy and that synergy that you have in theater, but you don't have the audience there. Well, as a bridge, somehow you were able to bridge from the world of acting to what you're doing now, which is uh, personal empowerment and self-help. How did how did that come about? How did we go from locking people up on Days of Our Lives as a cop to <laughs> help to helping people? <laughs> um, you know, it was evolution. You know, I really believe that. You know, a lot of people think that they have one purpose in life, and I just really don't believe it. I feel like we are all. Uh, in an evolutionary process of this thing. And so what it looked like 20 years ago won't be what it looks like 20 years from now. And so while I was acting, you know, there were all kinds of personal issues that that were coming up from my childhood. So I was doing therapy and I was taking classes and workshops and I went through a master's program at University of Santa Monica and I really started getting that there was, I had this gift with people. I had the ability to be with people and support them, whether it was individual or, or in groups. And so it started to be more of a pull for me to, to work there. And then, you know, how the universe works is acting just sort of started shutting down. It was, it was, um, mind-boggling to me because I couldn't figure out why, you know, this acting that I was doing that had been so incredible for these many years, all of a sudden, the doors were closed, and I really think it was because I was being guided to the work that I do today. It's interesting that you say that when you talk about feeling that some folks may be feeling that they have one purpose. For me, from the time I was maybe in first grade on, my purpose that I felt I had in life was to go into medicine and to be a doctor. And for the folks who know who uh, who listen to the show regularly, uh, I was a, the victim of an assault and ended up having to withdraw from medical school. But had it not have been for this horrific event in my life, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. And it's been, you know, 17 years. So it really is one of those things, I think, that 
if you only focus on the one thing, if you're not really uh, aware and in touch with what's going on, you may miss out on what that purpose really is. Absolutely. And, you know, really, I mean, there's, a, there's a train of thought um, in motivational speakers and new thought and all kinds of places that say that really the universe is conspiring for your goodness and, and, and it's inspiring for the expanded nature of your life and your freedom. And so even the events that look like they are non-supportive can actually be a gift. And I just feel like what you're talking about is a perfect example of that. Look at the millions of lot you touch today. It's, it's, uh, often overwhelming for me, uh, you know, in that. And one of the things that I've started doing is doing a lot of the self-exploration. When you talk about gifts and things that are presented, this sort of discussion came about. And I've been reading your newest book, Revealing Your Extraordinary Essence. And there are so many things in the book that I feel relate uh, to my life that I feel I can pick up on. There are there are a lot of sort of easy exercises to do. It's not a a book where you have to devote the time of of ten thousand pages for one chapter. It's sort of it's moving along and it's getting me to the point here. So uh, let me let you, since it, it's your baby, to talk about how is the book constructed and what is in the book to sort of help those who are reading it. You know, I. The self-help book industry has exploded over the last 10, 15 years. But I, I see a lot of people. I coach a lot of people. I do a lot of workshops and, and keynotes. And people have these incredible experiences, whether they're reading a book or listening to an audio book or in a workshop. And then they go away and they start to gradually um, creep back into their old behaviors. So this book was created for those people that need moment-by-moment inspiration, uh, little bite-sized um, ways to stay anchored, little exercises, little tools that can support them in staying present and focused uh, on their true nature. And so I created it so that um, you could do it in a, a different, many different ways. It's, it's in 12 sections, so you could do a section a month. It's in, um, there's a theme for each, each section, so you could um, focus on that theme. Some people just carry it with them or keep it in a space uh, where they do their spiritual practice, and they just open it up to the place that they feel will support them, and they use that as their spiritual practice for the day. So it, I just think anybody could use it anyway. Some people, I've been told that there are people that would do little groups where they're working through the book. You know, I can actually see that, because there are there are certain things in there that, you, you may not pick up on. Uh, there are many times where you can meet someone new, meet a neighbor, and you ask them, what do you like to do? And, oh, you know, this and it's that. And there was one thing, it's very early on in the book, one of the questions is, are you clear about what makes you happy? It sounds so simple, Cynthia, but I would wager to guess that there is a large portion of the population that probably can't answer that, that doesn't, they don't really know what in life makes them happy. Oh, yeah, not only that, they can tell you a lot of things that don't make them happy. Hmm. And, and one of the re- some of the research that I did was when you, when you are not focused on what makes you happy, you're focused on those other things, it actually drops a chemical in your body that connects to that feeling and it feeds on itself and cycles back and forth through the brain. And then it starts to become your reality, and it's like an energetic that goes out and attracts itself. So people can't go, 
they don't understand why they have the same person showing up in a different body or the same experience in a job after job. It's because that is what they believe, that's what they focus on, so that's what they put out. But there's also another chemical that if you focus on what brings you joy and what ignites you and what you're passionate about, it also creates an energy that attracts itself. So I'm like, hey, well, let's put our attention on what makes us happy so we can get that. And I think it's important to know, too, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't have to be something earth-shattering and monumental that makes you happy. It could be something as simple as, you know, maybe walking through the park. Absolutely. I have a, a, a grandchild that's like a little love bubble. <laughs> I could hear his voice, see him, think about him, and everything in me starts smiling. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's like, can you connect to it? Do you remember those happy spaces when you're in the middle of something that could be challenging? Hmm. You know, in reading, it's one of these things, and I'm hoping that the people out there who are listening as well, when you hear something, don't necessarily respond to it immediately. Take that moment and really think about what it is. And I'm sure when you said that, when you're talking about <laughs> your love bubble, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who can think of something. So it doesn't have to be their own child. It can be the neighbor's child. It can be, you know, a, a, a pet. It can be anything that sort of evokes that emotion. And I think that's important because there's something that's coming up that I know that you are uh, preparing to tell us all about. It involves a transformation of the heart. What is Venus transit? Wow, I'm very excited about this. I didn't even know about it a year ago. But a Venus transit only happens once in a person's lifetime. Um, and, and it happens, um, it comes in a pair, eight years apart. The last Venus transit for our life is June 5th, 2012. What's interesting about the Venus transit, Venus lines up in an exact line between the Earth and the Sun. And when that happens, they can track back as far as the discovery of the telescope that every time there was a Venus transit, something huge happened on the planet. Industrial revolution, scientific revolution, Descartes having his revelations, Galileo. I mean, I mean amazing kinds of, of things happening. Well, they also, astronomers, scientists, numerologists, astrologers are all saying the same thing that some kind of passage opens at that, and it's a time for manifestation. And that's why all those great things happen. People or, or people or, or companies or organizations step through that portal and they create. So I thought, well, if that's true, and there's also this whole energy around the fact that this is also a time where you can awaken the heart and you can step into a whole new way of being, an expanded way of being. So I thought, well, what if we brought, a lot of people together all over the world who are stepping through this portal together at the same time. And what if we had master teachers um, in the areas of purpose and health and relationships and finances that could teach us how to use this time, this portal, as a way of stepping into our greatness. And so that's why I created the Venus Transit Experience and then the, and then the Venus Transit University. 
I'm sure there are, and you've experienced folks who maybe are not open to this discussion. How do you uh, convince them or what do you say to them to let them know that this isn't something that's sort of crazy and out there? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, one of the reasons I did the research is because, you know, I didn't want people to say, okay, why are you doing this woo-woo thing, right? That's why I went to scientists. I, I went to a woman. There's a woman that's going to be on the call on June 5th who is um, getting her master's in, in science and is also an astronomer. And she spent an hour on the phone with me talking about the extraordinary scientific nature of what happened. There are astronomers all over the, this world who are setting up um, experiences. There are people who are taking people to Hawaii because you will, will be able to see it well there that are, that are because they know the importance of it. It's, it's almost um, tantamount to an eclipse energetically, except that it creates this energetic portal. And so um, I know it sounds kind of interesting and, and outside the box, but when so many people are talking about it from so many different areas where it, where it, there's logic, I, I want to pay attention to it. And then I want to say, well, if it's true, how can we individually and collectively use it to better ourselves and, and better the planet even? Well, there is a lot of information about this, and there's going to be more than we're going to unfortunately have the time to talk about, but folks can go to SoapCentral.com slash Venus to get all of the information because you're going to be having a free call on June 5th that folks can tune in and listen to and get all sorts of information and really get together as a group for this this transformation process. Absolutely. It's going to be um, six Mountain, uh, which is uh, five Pacific, till nine o'clock. It's a three hour, and every fifteen minutes, there's going to be an expert in the area of purpose, relationships, finances, or health that's going to talk about the importance of what you can do individually to to make a difference and and up level your energetic and your vibration. And then following that, for the next four weeks. Every every day, Monday through Thursday, there's going to be a teacher. Monday will be about purpose. Tuesday will be relationships. Wednesday will be finances. And Thursday will be health. And then you can listen to all those calls free, and um, or you can you know you can opt in and download them all, so you can re-listen to them over and over again. And from what I've seen on the website, again, at SoapCentral.com slash Venus, you're going to be discussing how folks can find their purpose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's really interesting because as I've been doing um, these interviews with the, the teachers, I, I call them the wisdom guides, they're all kind of saying um, the same thing that, you know, really, you know, encoded within us is a purpose. You know, we wouldn't be here if we weren't essential and important. And so it's really the uncovering and the discovering of what ignites you and how you can be of high service to yourself, to your family, to your community, to the world. Setting an intention for your life. I think that yes. there are there are folks who maybe don't know what that means. So briefly in the as I see we're we're Running out of time, I can't believe how how quickly the time went. But what what is required? <laughs> the thirty second question: What is required in setting an intention for your life? It sounds like a really difficult concept. Well, here's the thing: we're always putting our intentions out there. You know, we're intending for something, no matter what we're doing. But when you're conscious about it, when you're conscious about 
setting um, an intent and putting it out into the world based on your joy, your passion, your life, it automatically activates the law of attraction and starts pulling itself in without you having to work so hard. See, that I think is important as well, that if if you sort of are, if you are about what it is that you're doing, you don't have to make any special uh, arrangements. You don't, if you are a a positive force, if you are a positive energy, you don't have to change anything that you're doing to to be able to do this. Exactly. And, you know, really, you are not here to struggle. You're here really to create and to be a creative force and to touch hearts and, and enliven uh, yourself and others. Now, for Venus Transit, for folks who are wondering, I see something on Twitter. Uh, we had mentioned you had equated it sort of to an eclipse. Is this going to be something where if, if someone misses out at this exact moment, they're going to be completely out of the loop with the Venus Transit? Not at all. You can you can go in and you can listen to it after the Venus transit, um, and then you'll be able to listen to every call for 48 hours after um, the the call has been uh, there. I think that this is something again that everyone can check out. They can get free information at soapcentral.com/slash/venus, and they can also check out your official website at cynthiajames.net. There's a lot of interesting information there. They can find out how to pick up a copy of Revealing Your Extraordinary Essence. There's also music. There's other books. There's a whole lot of stuff that you're into, Cynthia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Got a lot of energy. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's good to sort of, you know, it's it's good to, to spread it around and mix it up and keep things interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much once again for having me here. And I really want to, I hope that you are taking the moment to acknowledge where you have come from and what you are doing because it makes a difference. Uh, I do. Uh, I am thankful and I acknowledge it every day because I do know that it can be taken away at any moment, uh, if you're not appreciative of what you have. Absolutely. Cynthia, thank you well, so much for I'm taking... I'm glad to be in your life. <laughs> I am glad as, that you are here as well, and hopefully uh, maybe we can get you on the show again in the future. We can get some folks to call in with some questions, and we can uh, sort of help, it, uh, help them reveal their own extraordinary essence. I think that would be a lot of fun. I would love that. <laughs> Blessings to you, and have a great weekend. Thank you, too, Cynthia. We are going to be back on the other side of this commercial break with this year's Daytime Emmy nomination. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back in just a bit. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. 
Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I again want to thank Cynthia James for dropping by in the last half hour. Now, this half hour, we are going to talk about something entirely different. We're talking about this year's Daytime Emmy nominations. That's right. It's the 39th annual Daytime Emmy nominations. They were announced on Wednesday, May 9th. A couple of days after what they were supposed to be announced, if you remember last week here on the show, we were going to be talking live about the Daytime Emmy nominations, and then they were bumped back a couple of days. But the nominations are here. We have them. We can talk about them. And there are, well, there are a lot of things this year that have people talking. Who's in? Who's out? Who made the cut? and Who didn't? So let's start off with the biggest honor of the night. Outstanding Drama Series. The nominees this year are All My Children, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, and The Young and the Restless. It's very interesting. Uh, if you notice, The Bold and the Beautiful did not make the cut. B&B is the winner in this category the past three years in a row. So the fact that they're not able to four-peat is uh, relatively interesting. Then there's All My Children, which is eligible in its final year on television, All My Children will not be able to receive any more nominations moving forward because 2011 was the year that the show ended. You also have Days of Our Lives, which picked up 15 total nominations this year. It's more than it's ever received in a single year before. General Hospital, which is the winningest soap in this category, and The Young and the Restless, which is also a traditional powerhouse, the top-ranked soap in the past two decades and more. If, before we move on, you want to check out the entire list of daytime Emmy nominees, you can head over to SoapCentral.com slash Emmys. We have all of the nominees, also the people who were pre-nominated and didn't make this final cut, as well as all of the creative arts categories, the drama series category, writing, directing, everything that you need to see is right there. And you can also check out coverage from last year's daytime Emmys with interviews and videos with your favorite daytime stars, some behind-the-scenes gossip, a whole lot of other great stuff. But let's focus more again on this year's Nominees. We're going to move on to the Outstanding Lead Actor category. And the nominees this year were, or are, Maurice Bernard, Sonny, General Hospital, Anthony Geary, Luke, General Hospital, John McCook, Eric, The Bold and the Beautiful, Darnell Williams, Jesse, All My Children, Robert S. Woods, Bo, One Life to Live. Tony Geary is the winningest actor in the Lead Actor category with six Daytime Emmy wins as Lead Actor. 
And there are a lot of rumblings that he has a very good chance this year because of the intervention scene that General Hospital had for Luke. John McCook is picking up just his second daytime Emmy nomination. His last was way back in 2001, so that's his second. As for Darnell Williams, he's won twice. In 1983, he picked up Supporting Actor, and in 1985, he won Outstanding Lead Actor. Robert S. Woods is also a previous winner, and here's what he had to say about this year's daytime Emmy nomination. Uh, particularly interesting is when I asked him if it was bittersweet. Hi, Dan. It's Bob Woods from uh, One Life. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? I'm great. I- I'd imagine you're doing pretty good. Congratulations on your daytime Emmy nomination. Oh, yeah. I'm walking around the big grid. I came kind of un- unexpected. I've <laughs> Retired. I'm. I don't know what I'm doing when my wife came running out the back door to tell me that <laughs> she she just heard from Billy Warlock and uh, Julie Penson that they called her and they told her that they'd heard. So I was cleaning up after the dog in the backyard <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> well, I, so, well, I mean, I guess it's it's a, a sign that you haven't uh, let daytime stardom affect you you were out you know picking up after a dog and you're being announced for the biggest prize in in television <laughs> i know it, 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 it's funny it's uh, i guess it's, i guess it's sort of appropriate in a way <laughs> you know well oh, yeah, uh, well considering that you could argue that perhaps one life to live was treated that way uh you know i guess yeah. it all, oh yeah uh you know, this is obviously this is not your first daytime Emmy nomination, but is this one more bittersweet? Do you, would you say? Oh, I think it's sweet. I, I, I believe me, I'm not bitter about. Uh, I am about the show being canceled. I have to say that I never watched whatever replaced this. I never watched whatever replaced uh, um, all my children. You know, one of uh, the Chew and the Revolution. I never. So I, I guess there, I've been about being canceled. I'm certainly not, you know, it is sweet. And I think it's sweet that, that we went as long as we did. I just, I wasn't ready to see it go. And I never thought it would go. I, I thought there would always be those three shows. Um, now it's down to one, but and it's sort of surprising. And I think, I think what, what makes me angry is when I, shows that I, that I watched, and I realized that in watching them, it's a, it's the serial format that I look forward to. You know, um, it's yeah. that way on Nathan. You know, Nathan Fillion's show. They still have a true storyline, and uh, I watched the the last uh, episode of uh, the Castle of Castle, and it's you know it's it's a serial. It's it's a soap in a way. His relationship with her, Mad Men. No. I think that's what people want. They want to tune in to see some sort of relationship. They want to feel something. They want to be connected to something, something that doesn't completely change, you know, within a week. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the way, uh, you know, Torsten K is another example. Smash. I don't know if you, if you see Smash. I've, I've seen a couple episodes here and there. Yeah, well, again, that's that's the relationships of this this company of people trying to get a Broadway show on its feet. And again, the serial format works. I think every time I turn around, I talk to people that uh, that miss it and they're angry about it. So, and they should be. So, 
Well, let me ask you, what episode did you submit for Emmy consideration? Uh, it was, it had to do with, with Matthew being, uh, we thought he was brain dead and mm -hmm. whether we should, uh, pull the plug and then, uh, his heart would keep, would, uh, save Clint Buchanan, you know, for a heart transplant. I mean, because he was the same, had the same type, blood types and everything, whatever. But, so that's what it was. I was talking to Erica and then to Hillary, uh, you know, trying to make that decision. So that's where that, that one went. And Eddie was nominated this year as well. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I, I, I talked to him. I called him. He said, hello. I said, you know how proud I am of you? <laughs> he goes, you're right back at you. Pa. He calls me Pa. Like, <laughs> Well, he was, oh. I don't know if you have a, a chance to go on to Twitter and, and check out there, but he was really proud and overwhelmed that you gave him a gift from you to him about One Life to oh. Live. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I stole it. <laughs> I don't know if he told you what it was. Or, uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest me for it? He, well, he didn't just tell us what it was. He sent a picture of it. So <laughs> oh, okay. the secret right. is well. out. Yeah, well, you know what? Honest to God, there were two of them, and uh, I got one, and and Eddie's got the other one. Yeah, I don't know that it's stealing; it's more borrowing. I guess so. It's, uh, you know what? It was. I'm sure for the rest of his life, one life's going to be a huge part of his life, and uh, you know he's a big part of mine, and I know I am his, and, and uh, we're gonna, you know. That's one of those friendships that will last from now on. Um, so I'm proud that he has uh, that he has that memento, and I'm proud to have my my memento too. <laughs> we had fun. I, you know what? I, I tell people all the time. So what was it like? Do you miss him? It's like you know what I miss. I miss. I don't miss trying to remember that many things to say in one day. <laughs> um, that was it. Was work, but. Being at work, and at some point, several points of the day, everything was going to stop because everyone burst out laughing about some silly thing. Something you said, you bubble a word, or you, you know, or you, you set up a gag that just to kind of break the uh, break things up for a little bit. But at some point, the entire company was either smiling or laughing out there on the set or downstairs. It was like a, living in a dorm. If somebody's out in the hall screaming about something, you're in the room just laughing because it's so silly. Something happens that everybody breaks up. It was that kind of a place. <laughs> and that I miss. Well, I, a, I think... camaraderie and a lot of cool people. Oh, I think, too, when you talk about the family and the camaraderie, it's equal for the fans of the show who miss all of you guys they've welcomed you in into their house for so long and, and yeah. now you're 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 not there so what do you say to the fans who you know are, are still holding out hope and and missing you guys yeah i uh i know i'm asked they said do you think they can ever put it back together and it's like god i don't know everybody went in so many different directions um either into retirement or they moved to the totally different city. And, um, I, I wish it would go on. I really do. Um, I know I was 
I was getting to a point in my life where I was looking to retire, but uh, and the show would have gone on. A lot of people have come and gone, but I just I'm still angry at the fact that it meant so much to so many people, both the people that worked there and the people that watched it, and that uh, it was taken from them. You know, they could have done things to, uh, to scale it back or to you know, kind of go back to the beginning, keep the thing going, but you could have backtracked a little bit, made it a half hour, shared the hour with all my children. Mm-hmm. And if it got rolling again, then you'd, you'd go back to, uh, you've got an opportunity to go back to have that those three on the strong hour of the lineup. Uh, even though, you know, there's a lot more competition with cable and like, uh, the internet and everything like that. It's still, I think it was a big part of people's lives in, in the middle of the day like that. that uh, there was an audience out there. Very much so. Now, have and, you made a decision if you will be attending this year's Daytime Emmys? Oh, yeah. We're going to go back. Uh, Wonderful. I talked to Erica this morning, and you know, I said, we'll see you there. Uh, I thought that I'd been to my last Emmys, but, uh, you know, especially for one life and Maybe a chance to say goodbye again. Um, yeah, my, definitely my wife and I are going out. Good. Well, then I look forward to seeing you on the red carpet and having a chance to uh, to chat with you there as well. Oh, okay. All right, Dan. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, I don't. I guess Eddie told me where it was going to be. I think it's at the Beverly Hills Hotel or something. It is. Yeah, it's at the Beverly Hilton. Okay. And... Um, so we're, you know, that's that's our home. My wife and I, that's where we're both from there. So I think we're going to end up with a little bit of a vacation involved. Erica, I know, is going to do that, too. She'll be out there for so No, I, when, yeah. I don't know what that says. The Emmys are going to be my vacation this year as well. So <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like everybody will be out there to maybe uh, relax and, and catch a few, uh, uh, a few moments to just sort of unwind. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. As I understand it, I've got some old friends that are nominated, too, so I get to congratulate them. The usual suspects in some cases. But, oh, you, you know, know, there are a lot of... There's there's a lot of names on the list this year that I'm really happy to see, so it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I always get a kick out of seeing, uh, you know, Tony out there, because we go, we go back quite like 30-some years, um, and then I understand Darnell Williams. He is, yes. The last time I saw him, he was directing, you know. And uh, and then Maurice, and who else? Who else? It's uh, Debbie Morgan. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She and my wife did a series years ago together, back in the uh, early 80s. Uh, I'm sorry. I no, 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 that's yeah, fine. Who? I'm I'm just, uh, I'm looking through to see who else. Uh uh, Heather Tom, she was on One Life for a yeah. bit there. Uh, Laura Wright, I don't know when they filmed yeah. The City. I don't know where yeah. she was, but she's up again. Yeah. Laura, we played softball when she was in loving years ago. She was just a young kid. She was our pitcher on our team. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. she good? Was she a good pitcher? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was real good. Um and she looked good, and she kind of threw some concentration off some of the batters. That looked, like, <laughs> I can see that. Hand. I can yeah. see that. 
but no, it'll be. Uh, I'm I'm glad that in this last uh, last go round that all my children, one life to live, are are well represented. So it should be. Hopefully, it'll be a, a sort of a fitting farewell for the two. Sisters. Yeah. God, a lot of memories. I swear. Well, you know, forty some years. Uh, both of them were on more than longer than forty. So yeah, a lot of time for a show to run. But then again, I thought they were going to last forever, and I wish they would have. At least GH is hanging in there. That's thank goodness for that. Uh, I, I can't imagine ABC without any of its soaps. And uh, and they got Frankie Valentini on uh, GH, so he's he's our guy, and he's good at what he does. So. Yeah, but, and he's he's definitely he's definitely good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, but keep him going. But it's it's a good day. A lot of smiling today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's good, and uh, congratulations again. Well, thanks, thanks, and I'll see you there, okay? Absolutely, thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Let's look now at Outstanding Lead Actress. The nominees are Crystal Chappelle, Carly, Days of Our Lives, Debbie Morgan, Angie Hubbard, All My Children, Erica Slezak, Vicky, One Life to Live, Heather Tom, Katie, The Bold and the Beautiful, Laura Wright, Carly, General Hospital. I had the opportunity to speak to two of these lovely ladies just hours after they found out that they were nominated for an Emmy. Let's hear first from last year's winner, Laura Wright. Well, congratulations again, Laura. How uh, how are you today? Uh, great. I really <laughs> it's been a good day. I mean, my husband's out of town, so that's a bummer because, you know, my husband and I, we, we celebrate well together. We would have started off with champagne at the local place we get breakfast and wouldn't have stopped there so i have to save all that till tomorrow he begged me not to celebrate until he got home <laughs> well, i don't think it'd be as much fun <laughs> not at all he is definitely um definitely hold on oh gosh Okay, sorry. That's okay. Uh, and as I, you know, I have the school texting me things from my kids' yearbook. I'm at the farmer's market now. I just left Blockbuster getting Captain America from my son. So, and then I've been all, it's amazing that you can do all these interviews and talk on the phone at the same time, <laughs> you know, and do every, and get everything done that you need to get done. Well, I will make it short because I know that there are, there are other things, and I do want to thank you so much for taking some time out. But I, I hear, Oh, thank you. I, I hear there was a, an unusual story or a fun story about how you found out that you were nominated. Well, Ron texts me, you know, our new head writer. Well, he's not that new anymore. He texts me um, this morning and um, said congratulations. And then I ran over to the uh, computer, and all of a sudden, um, everything just started coming um, like crazy, you know, uh, through. Hold on, I'm getting money out from the, from the farmer's market. <laughs> um, and, and everything started, you know, then I'm like, oh my God, it happened. And my daughter's like, did you? Did you? And I'm like, yeah, I got nominated. Because, you know, I didn't want to, I was so afraid it was going to be like a fluke last year, you know, and you'd never hear of me again. And so, <laughs> I think that's possible. Uh, <laughs> oh, and so, um, all of a sudden my daughter comes out of the bedroom. She goes, okay, so here you go. She had open champagne and a wine glass that said, congratulations, we love you, written on the wine glass. Aww. And my husband was the one who, um, who, uh, you know, set, set all that up with her because he wasn't going to be here. And then my son comes walking down the hallway and he goes, 
and you won't be needing this one. And it was the one that had sad faces all over it and said, we love you anyway. <laughs> so if I didn't get nominated, they had the sad glass. <laughs> and then if I did, they had the happy glass. So it was pretty funny. Oh, well, that's, that's cute. It's, it's funny that you mentioned the glasses because for a lot of us, uh, it's sort of like uh, leprechauns and unicorns, this ladies' luncheon that we will never see. Uh, that you uh, that the nominees get to go to. What exactly goes on at this ladies' luncheon? <laughs> um, what goes on? Um, you know, it's um, it's really funny. What goes on is uh, a lot of cackling and laughter and and like, what are you wearing? And just it's so much fun. I I tell you that last year, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to get nominated. And now, like, I think. Um, I think I, someone told me, I have to plan it since I was last year. I'm like, all right. So I have to figure it out, and I'm trying to get in touch with Debbie. I'm, I'm trying to get Debbie's information and um, Heather Tom, just like their emails or whatever, and um, just to congratulate them. And so um, and I, I'm going to try and get Crystal Chappelle to help me uh, figure it out. I got to tell you, I'm looking at what the, the overall, the pre-nominations pool was, and it would have been a good party with, with the 10 of you. I mean, there, there's not a, a, a bad mix of, of people in the whole group. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. No, it's going to be a blast. Always. And, you know, last year, what was so fun, and I'm sure we'll do it again this year, is it's extended to many others, you know, who have been nominated in the past or won in the past. So that would be great. Like, you know, I know Mara West lives out here. Um, and, you know, Martha Byrne usually comes in town and does red carpet work, you know. And so it's just fun to be able to say, let's, you know, invite tons of people and everyone come out and and get together with some champagne and, you know, hang out the day before. Well, I have a message from someone else who's nominated this year who was spilling secrets about you. Uh, Bob Woods. Oh, God. Life, Bob Woods from One uh, Life to Live was revealing <laughs> that... You were the the secret weapon as pitcher on, I guess, the ABC softball team. Is that uh, is that sound familiar? <laughs> oh my god, that was so long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would hop like I would play softball with the One Life Delivers because I was on Loving, and we never had that big of a show. I mean, we had like a handful of people to play, but I would always go and play. And, or when we would, you know, ABC would play against ABC Daytime would play against ABC News up in. Um, um, Massachusetts. So we would play that uh, softball game every year. That's and I was the pitcher. <laughs> were you, were you, he says you were quite good. Yeah, well, they would put me in short shorts, so I would distract, <laughs> and then I would underhand fat, fast pitch, and they would be like, they didn't know it hit them. <laughs> That's exactly what he said, so I guess it must be true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I want to thank so you. Funny. For, I want to thank you for taking some time out, and I know that uh, we'll see you on the red carpet, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Though technically One Life to Live will be eligible for Emmy consideration in 2013 for the nine episodes it aired in 2012, it does seem somewhat fitting that on this year's ballot, the winningest actress ever in daytime Emmy history is once again present. Of course, I'm talking about Erica Slezak, who plays Vicky on One Life to Live. She has six Count them, six daytime Emmy wins already, having won in 1984, 1986, 1992, 1995, and 1996 in 2005. She's again nominated this year, and I had an opportunity to speak to her, and here's what she had to say about this year's daytime Emmy nomination. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm extremely well. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Congratulations on your Emmy nomination. 
Thank you very, very much. I'm absolutely thrilled. What was your reaction when you heard that, and how did you find out that you were nominated? Um, my daughter called me. I didn't know that the nominations were coming out today. Uh, uh, they were supposed to come out last Friday, and then I didn't. Um, uh, then, then they didn't happen, and I didn't know that they were coming out today. My daughter called me. She said, "Mom, congratulations!" So I was thrilled. <laughs> I was actually thrilled. Is this, I'd imagine, different than previous nominations? It has to be somewhat bittersweet. Um, yes. The, the show ending was bittersweet. The nomination is lovely. It's a, it's a, it's a tribute and an honor uh, from my fellow actors, and I have never taken that for granted. I, I'm deeply grateful and appreciative for that. Um, the bittersweet part is the show ending and, and replacing us with... Um, <laughs> with uh, sorry, that's okay. Um, uh, you know the, the the show they replaced us with has already been canceled, and it seems there wasn't a lot of thought put into that. You know, to to put in something that was so ordinary, and to replace entertainment with yet another reality, yet another you know whatever it was show. Um, and and to take the entertainment out of the afternoon because that's that's what we were told the audience doesn't want entertainment anymore they only want information well it turned out they didn't really want that information um, you know so it's it's shame that's the bittersweet part of it because number one the show was doing so well our numbers were good the show was good the audience loved it we had great writing great stories great acting you know it's just a damn shame. And there was certainly some great story for you to play out over that past year. What did you end up submitting for Daytime Emmy consideration? I wanted to submit a show that they actually ended up cutting into two, so I couldn't. And that was when I walked in on Echo and um, Charlie in bed. But I couldn't because the show, apparently there was so much going on in the show, they decided to split it into two. Um... So I submitted the show that they wrote for me. The 40th. The 40th anniversary show. The Vicky and her mind. Vicky, Nikki, Jean, all of us. <laughs> that was such a brilliant episode, though. Uh, and such a... Yeah. Not just an, an homage for you, but certainly to fans who were watching for those 40 years to see sort of the ins and outs of everything that you've brought to the table. Well, thank you. It It was incredible that they wrote me a show like that that they wrote me a show at all that was they frank came to me and he said we're writing you a show and i was so honored and flattered i burst into tears when he told me that um and and everything about it was so special roger mooney designed a set that was so brilliant and was hard to see on on air because it was obviously dark it was my mind but every single piece of furniture every single item on that set was from Vicky's life at some point. So it was, it was, you know, walking through the set, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. There were chairs and tables that used to be in the Lord Library or in the bedroom or in you know, mirrors that I'd recognized from somewhere in the house. It was, it was really remarkable. What would you say is the legacy of Victoria Lord? <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer that. Um, what is her legacy? Hopefully, people who watched and and enjoyed Vicky over these years learned from her uh, that you, as flawed as she is, 
she always tried to do the right thing. She always tried to be fair, to be honest, non-judgmental. And she cared deeply about her family and her friends and sacrificed herself in many instances for them. And I think that that's a message that everyone can take to heart, you know, that we should be nice to each other, care about each other. Now, you can plead the fifth on this, but I just talked to Bob Woods, and he admitted that somehow two of Bo's badges just happened to find their way into his home. Uh, is there anything from Vicky's history on One Life to Live that has maybe found its way home with you? Do you know, I didn't take anything on the last day. Um, I really wanted the chairs in the Lord Library, but when we, <laughs> but I didn't take them because we were supposed to be going on to Prospect Park, and they didn't cancel that until a week later. Um, no, I have other things from the show, and Lori Hogan sent me a beautiful flame frame photograph uh, of, I guess it was, uh, it was everybody in black tie. So I don't know, maybe it was the 40th anniversary of the show or the 42nd anniversary of the show or something. And I have that, and that means a great deal to me. And I have things that I took years ago with permission, um, something from the old carriage house where Joe and Vicky lived, and one or two other little items, you know, that the prop people say we're not going to use these anymore because the set won't be used anymore. And so I have a few things in the house. I don't need that. I have almost 41 years of unbelievable memories. Hmm. Um, I know everybody was talking about what are we going to take, what are we going to take. <laughs> I didn't. Um, when I left there, I said, I'm going to leave as quietly as I came, because I was an overnight recast. And I showed up in the morning, and nobody knew who the hell I was. And they said, oh, who are you? I said, ah, I play Vicky. And they said, really? That's a surprise. Because the day before, there had been another Vicky. Um, and when I left, I left that quietly, too. You know? Um, I, I, it mean, that show meant so much to me for so many years. But I have a wonderful life in in reality and so the show becomes just a marvelous memories and i must say i'm so privileged to have met so many awesome people uh actors directors you know writers producers and we stay friends which is nice so you know there's there's uh, there's a kind of a sadness that it's all over and i miss the work but other than that i'm doing i'm doing fine well, one question before I, I, I didn't really I didn't really need any any item. <laughs> well, one question before I let you go: Are you planning to attend the daytime Emmy ceremony in June? Oh, absolutely! Wonderful. You bet. Then I yeah, I'm, that's that's going to be fun, and I get to see a lot of people, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Good. Then I look forward to uh, seeing you along the red carpet, and hopefully we can chat again in person. Great. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. And Thanks, Dan. Bye bye. Bye. And those are the nominees for this year's Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series category. My thanks again to Laura Wright and Erica Slazak for taking some time out to chat with me. And there you have it. Those are the nominees in this year's Outstanding Lead Actor and Outstanding Lead Actress categories. Now, we haven't forgotten about the other four acting categories, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Younger Actor, and Younger Actress. We are going to save our discussion with the nominees in those categories for future weeks here on the show leading up to the Daytime Emmys on Saturday, June 23rd. 
So you'll have to check in each and every week to see who we're talking to and what they had to say about their daytime Emmy nominations. You'll be hearing from Elizabeth Hendrickson, who plays Chloe on The Young and the Restless. This year, she received her very first daytime Emmy nomination on her own. She was a previous nominee for her work on the web series Imaginary Bitches. And you'll also get to hear from our hometown boy here in Philadelphia, Eddie Alderson picking up his first Daytime Emmy nomination for his work as Matthew on One Life to Live. I want to thank everybody who took time out to chat with me to talk about their Daytime Emmy nominations and everybody who will be dropping by the show again as we lead up to the big Daytime Emmys in June. For those of you who are Emmy buffs, head over to SoapCentral.com slash Emmys. You can check out all of this year's nominees, the pre-nominees, previous coverage, and there's even a special Daytime Emmy archives where you can check out all of the previous Daytime Emmy winners and who's been nominated. We've got all of the pre-nominees since the pre-nominee process went into place in 2003. And there's a, a fun little feature where you can find out which soaps have the most wins in each of the different categories. I know that's a whole lot of Emmy craziness. It's a cornucopia, a plethora of Emmy information. But I know that soap fans out there like to see that sort of information. So certainly head on over there and check out all things Emmy on SoapCentral.com. If you also would like, you can head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio and check out all of the previous episodes of Soap Central Live. You can download them. You can stream them. It's all entirely free to do so. So you can listen on your computer while you're doing some work. You can download it to your MP3 player, your phone, your tablet device, anywhere that you can listen to music, you can listen to Soap Central Live. There are great episodes with some of your favorite daytime stars. You may have missed some of them. Again, there's over 120 episodes. So um, somewhere along the way, you may have missed an episode and want to check out what your favorite stars have to say. You can also go back and listen to some of our Emmy coverage from years past and find out exactly how we did when we were saying who was definitely going to win a daytime Emmy. You can also listen to some of the episodes that my mom popped up in here on Soap Central Live. Of course, this weekend is Mother's Day. So to everyone out there who has brought life into this world, we wish you a happy Mother's Day. If you have an opportunity, now would be a great time to run over to the phone and call your mom and let her know how much you care about her and how much she means to you. We'll be back again next week for more drama possibly mama drama, baby mama drama. There's all sorts of mom drama on the soaps. I think that's what makes us love our own moms even more. So we'll be back for more of that next week on another edition of Soap Central Live. Have a great weekend, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.